Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We are excited to be back in our old Sunday night time slot live in the studio. This is John Massengill with Les Kaiser. Howdy, howdy. Jonathan Green is in the air. He's in an airplane. I was going to say, that's not very nice to say. <laughs> he is... He's uh, coming back from Pittsburgh, where he was up there calling the the Trans Am uh, Trans, yeah, the Trans Am series. But at the same event, they had the U.S. Formula Four and the See, U- U.S. Those are the youngsters we've been watching, exactly. And the inaugural race for the new U.S. Formula Three. So all of the young Americans and such that are trying to get points for their super license to go to Formula One. That's where he was this weekend. And, uh, in fact, let me run down what we got on the show because a big part of that is... Yeah, we have no time to waste. That's right. We know we got to get to it, man, because a lot of the show is, uh, is what Jonathan did up there. In fact, uh, one of the big things, he got an interview with Jay Howard, who is an IndyCar driver who races this year. I think he's going to be just in the, in the 500, obviously. He's, right. And then, uh, he, but he also owns a Formula 4 team. So he did, did a great interview with Jay. Really exciting stuff because... He's got um, he's got a long history in racing, of course, and in this Formula Four, like we were saying before, Formula Four, Formula Three, in the United States, where these where these drivers can can look to go to Formula One, and so, but also uh, as part of Jay Howard's team, he did an interview um, with some young and up and coming drivers, and one of them really interesting story, Hannah Zells, uh, female, obviously Hannah, and. She just got started in Formula 4, and you know how we like to follow a different and unusual story. So we did an interview with her that Jonathan sent us, so we're going to play that in a little bit. And also we got the winner of the inaugural Formula 3 race, which is really exciting because, like we're saying, it's it's the beginning. And Kyle Kirkwood, that name will probably sound familiar if you've been following Formula champion. 4. Yep, he was last year's Formula 4 champion and, of course, wins the inaugural Formula 3 race. So we got a bunch of cool stuff, and we also are hoping to get the winner and current world champion of the FIE World Rallycross, Johan Christofferson. So uh, we're, if we get him, we're going to be live towards the end of the show. So we're waiting on a uh, message back to see if we got Johan, but he's, he's, he's obviously the current world champion. Amazing Rallycross, and, and obviously we're following that here in Austin because they're going to be here. In, oh, yeah. In, uh, That's going to be fun. Yeah, next month. I was going to say September, but it's right around the corner now. What are we like? Be 50, here in no 50, time. 54 days, something yeah, like that. Yeah, going to be great. And if y'all didn't make it to uh, Rallycross last month, you seriously got to go see this group. All right. And also on the show, uh, there was a little bit of news. I, I tried to go to the Renault website 
the other they, morning. They were crashing, I noticed. <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was They were completely crashed. They obviously are not hosting with Amazon like Formula One and Speed City. Oh, there you go. But uh, anyway, but of course, the big news, Daniel Ricciardo dropped the bomb on the entire Formula One and racing world by saying he's not coming back. Just the week before, he's like, yeah, yeah, we're just working out the final details. When he's talking about, you know, the contract with Horner and Red Bull Racing. So uh, he definitely kind of threw a bait and switch or a a fake out to the receiver and threw the other direction or something there. And we're going to have a long discussion about all of that uh, after this uh, in the next segment. And but right now we're going to talk MotoGP because it's back and it was in the Czech GP was this weekend, and the Ducati wow. boys looked strong, man, with their oh, new gosh. aerodynamics and you know with the so the Czech Republic race has the one hill they call the horsepower hill, and it is a strong uphill climb, and that really divides up the group. Obviously, Ducati is screaming with horsepower this year, and having. Those two Ducatis out front, uh, it was really great. The last eight laps or so, things all came to light. Rossi started backsliding a little bit. Marquez was in there trying to keep up, and the Ducatis just hammered their way up that hill, keeping it up, diced back and forth a little bit amongst themselves, but really fantastic last eight laps. If you don't have time for the whole race, go catch that. Yeah, go get the last part of it for sure. And it's funny that Ducati would win a race with a hill named Horsepower Hill. I mean, you say oh, this yeah. season, but I mean, that's Ducati's, that's their DNA, that's their heritage to have, uh, if not the the most powerful, one of the most powerful bikes on the grid every season after season. And you got to know the boys over here at Ducati Austin are sipping champagne after a double one-two uh, by the Ducati boys. Uh, and and it, it was a great end to that race, man, with uh with the two Ducatis, with Jorge Lorenzo and Dovi and Marquez swapping it out a little bit. I mean, I know that Dovi pretty much, what did he, he I think he led everything but what, about yeah, two or three yeah, laps? He, he dominated it. But, you know, the thing that I've got a, I've got a question, quite honestly, is Jorge, really, are you, are you sad to be shucking the red and putting on the blue? Yeah, it's true. It's, uh, you know, things are coming together. I uh, I wonder if there's any option to uh, tear up that contract. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I was just joking. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, obviously, when Ducati's doing this well, because in the in the world championship standing, let's see, I believe it's Marquez still leading because he had obviously had a pretty uh, big Dovey. lead. But Dovi is Dovi moved up to third in the in the uh, world championship with. Um, Marquez, 181, Rossi, 132, Valentino Rossi, 132, and Dovi at 113. Yep. Dovi is up there, and to me, there's not a lot of reason that Lorenzo couldn't have been ahead of Dovi through this championship. Yeah. I I think, you know, they're right there. You know, will he, will uh, Lorenzo regret it next year? Uh, I think we're going to have to watch to see, but I kind of think that's very possible. Yeah, but it was fun to watch the Ducatis do so well. And and let's talk about those last, the, really the last three laps are when it really got interesting because what I like to see was was how Dovey was, he was riding wide, right? And several times where he was riding wide, wide and he was leaving room for, uh, for Jorge to pass on the inside and then immediately come right back up on the inside to pass the apex to take back the lead. He did that at least two times that I saw. 
And I know that he's done that in the past with even with Marquez. Sure, he has. He's got a little different riding line, and you especially see it. I mean, it. You know, they talk about the uh, competition. Your biggest competition is your teammate. Watching Lorenzo and Dovey, how they take what's essentially the same bike and how they handle it and the different lines. And you can see the variety that those two will take on bikes that you know are, you know, the only thing that's different are minor tweaks just for personal preference. And so I think that uh, really kind of showed well. And we saw him cat and mouse back and forth a few times over and under kind of thing. So uh, I just got to say that's a phenomenal race to watch the end of and uh, sets us up. We're only halfway through the season. Yeah, it's hard to believe that we're only. It's, it seems like that with uh, at this point, I was watching, I was looking at the stats and going, "Wait a minute, how much how much time do we have? Does anybody have time to catch Marquez?" But yeah, of course they do. I mean, I know it's Marquez, and it would have to be some wheels coming off the system over there. But uh, but still, it, we're halfway through, and it was a great race today. Also, I want to talk about how uh, at tw- that at I think it was about the. I think it was the last lap, actually, when Lorenzo took away Marquez's knee on turn five and, to, secure <laughs> second, <him> <laughs> to secure second place. Yeah, it stood him up. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, it, it, was it dirty? Not really. Was it aggressive? Absolutely. But, uh, you know, that is something that uh, they're just not known for right there. Lorenzo is is not known as a power player, a bully on track, or or aggressive. Aggressive, yeah. And he's shown that he can do it now. And to be honest, I think that's what it's going to take against the likes of Marquez. Yeah, if that if there was a knock, that was it, right? And yeah. that's exactly what he was proving right there on that last lap. Yeah, I think that was uh was a great adage there to take in just because Marquez is a bully when he's behind. He will stick his Yeah toe in where there's no room for it there's you know and you've got to be ready and you've got to have that same level of intensity back so i love that love that you know this was only dovey's i was thinking he'd won at least one more but this is only his second win his first win was the very first race of the season right right we were all excited about that seeing ducati bang out of the box right away that's true we kind of hoped that they would be strong all season and uh but this that's only the second win of the whole season so what about the the Valentino Rossi? I mean, the man, the the doctor, the the old man. Uh, you know, I I obviously I want to see him doing better. I want that tenth championship for him. I want that so bad, and I want to see it come up. But uh, you know, this championship's still alive. Can't strike him out yet. Yep. Did you see that he reached six thousand points with this? With this, Isn't that uh, crazy? Yeah. It, it, in fact, I believe that he's the only, the, the first, he is, he's the first rider in history to score 6,000 points. That That's that's just amazing That's to another me. notch on his incredible career. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's just something else. And imagine, I mean, just think of the technology that he's seen change go through all of this. Uh, you know, what do you think of technology, John? I mean, we've seen it. You've ridden bikes most of your life, me too. And here we go from bikes on the street that mimic bikes on the track now, genuinely. Whereas before, it was more the bikes on the track were from the street. Yeah. Well, obviously, that's one of the most exciting things to, about all motorsports to me personally is that following the technology. And 
if you, you know, just go to any local dealership and the technology. No, go to Ducati. Well, yes, we are our sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> but any of these bikes, when you get on them and all the settings and all the, the, the safety side of it, it's really amazing, actually. It is. You know, from a safety standpoint, I was out on the new Diablo and uh, playing around, driving a little spirited and uh, back tire hill, but a little stream of water, you know, that crossed the street. And it was really interesting how it took control of that. I was fine with what was happening and the tire was going to spin a little bit, but it just pulled the reins back and, and kept it real easy going. So uh, there's a lot of cool technology. Definitely go check out that Panigale V4 for all the wicked track features that are now available on the street. Well, it was a great race today. It was fun to watch the end of that race, and good to see Ducati doing well. All right, guys, let's go ahead and take a quick break, and when we come back, the next topic is going to be the Formula One silly season. We're going to talk about the Daniel Ricciardo bomb that was dropped and all the possible dominoes that can happen because of that. You're listening to Speed City Live in Austin, Texas, back after these messages. Let's jump in my El Camino. Uh-huh. Roll the window. Are you craving an adrenaline rush? Well, get your fix at Dirtfish. Get sideways on one of our race-ready Subaru WRX STIs or Subaru BRZs. Learn advanced car control skills on any surface in any condition. Test your skills on 12 different rally courses across our 315-acre training facility. Get your adrenaline fix by visiting dirtfish.com. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Sellers. And I'm Daytona. Sellers Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Sellers doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Sellers White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Sellers, Austin's original craft brewery. Ambia Gusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Ambia Gusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Ambia Gusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 Envy Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of Envy Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Making talk radio great again. Somebody has to come out and tell it like it is. Talk 1370, the right choice. So Andy Prio driving for Ford Chip Ganassi Racing, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. So when we left, I said we were going to talk a little Formula One, but less... I just heard a new sponsor on the during the oh, break. Oh yeah, one of my favorites. It's uh, Celis Brewing. I mean, that this is authentic Belgium style beer. And they got Enough a long history, cr- don't they? Here in Austin, uh, they right? really do. They were honestly one of the first of the uh, breweries 
that were, you know, yep. fell under the craft style of brewing. Yeah, Small, just... smaller batch, things like that. But uh, they're growing big. Uh, personally, one of my favorites, authentic Belgian brewing, dates back to Belgium, quite honestly, Hooven, is uh, where Pierre Sellis, the founder of it, did. So uh, well, cool. look for well, Sellis in your fridge. Welcome aboard, Sellis Brewery. All right, let's talk some Formula One. Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, I think I predict. did I predict this less on one of our previous shows? I'm just going to say yes because you're smart that way. <laughs> There's no way. I didn't predict it. Not Nobody that I ever, you know, how many of these these silly season predictions did you, have we all had heard about, read everything? I looked, I looked just to see if anybody had gotten this right, and I didn't see a single story on any motorsport website. There's bound to be somebody who got it right, just odds are. But nobody that I know expected this bomb to drop from from Daniel Ricardo and that he's going to the Renault team. And I was talking to some local guys and I'm like, wow, Renault, one of the, you know, one of the smaller teams. And, and they were, I was like, well, yes and no. I said, depends on how you look at this because, you know, Renault as a company is a huge giant worldwide company. And I mean, if you look at Renault now in comparison to other uh, motors, I mean, uh, Autosport and automobile companies, they're huge. They're, they $58 million in sales last year, or excuse me, billion dollars last year. So this is a huge company, right? And you expect them to to uh, to be able to, to make a big paycheck to Daniel Cardo, which obviously they did. But you also forget about the history of Renault. I mean, these guys, right. they have a huge history in Formula One, world championships, I mean, the 90s were Williams-Renault was uh, incredibly dominant. So it's not like this is out of the blue like some of the people were thinking. And you just don't think of them recently with the, with the success of Ferrari, Red Bull, and Mercedes lately. But uh, but it's a huge, huge deal. And and the first thing that I heard, that I thought of when I heard this was, okay, Renault's got something up their sleeve. It was kind of reminded me of the – I'm certain everybody thought of this too, is, is how Lewis Hamilton left – McLaren, right? You know, he grew up there, and when he left Mercedes, this was before the, right. the the engine change and going to the turbo sixes from the V8s, and Mercedes dropped that bomb on everybody with the incredible turbo design and has dominated ever since. Uh, but with the way, the possibility of Renault doing, I don't, I'm not saying something, some technological leap like Mercedes was able to do and then dominate ever since, but the commitment has got more than has got to be there. Number one, if they're going to write Daniel Ricardo the, a big check because he was obviously the hottest commodity in in this available season right now. Sure. So they had to have a huge commitment and are ready to spend a lot of money and do what it takes. Uh, I'll say, yeah, they they've at least got to pay him the same thing Red Bull was. But to be honest, think about the opportunity that Daniel Ricardo may see. Hey, I can go be number one driver. I don't have this, you know little punk coming up on me max that's uh gaining all this attention that uh to me quite honestly i see the focus of red bull turning more to max than listening to the veteran driver they have in daniel ricardo so here's daniel ricardo with an opportunity to go be number one probably less stress less scrutiny hey we know you know what to do and you can help us you know further develop this all of that kind of thing you know, it, it's fun to be in a in a, what I'd say is a startup, and I do consider the red the uh, Renault team a startup at this moment. 
And so uh, because of where they are. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I see that. I I see it as being personally exciting. And hey, if you're going to pay me and I can smile bigger when I go to work, I'm going. (laughs) But, you know, there's no race driver is going to go because it's comfortable. I will argue this to the no, till I die. Not for because, the, it's not because it's easy. Because because if you think about it, Ricardo's at a team now that has won races this year and has got some of the biggest resources and could easily slip back into fighting for podiums every week in the next year or two, right? Because they are one of those top three teams. But Renault has not been there recently. Now, look, they've looked pretty good this year, and they have looked like best of the rest. But if you're telling me that Daniel Ricciardo is, is one of the one of the big reasons he went to the Renault team was because he was going to be the number one guy, didn't have to have Verstappen looking over his shoulder, and it, it, that to me that is no water if he's not going to be competing for a championship. Okay, maybe he was just trying to get get away from Honda. You know, he if you think about. <laughs> If you think about <laughs> yes, but if you think about the Renault, you know he's kind of Renault been Renault's guy, you know, with with uh, with the Renault power in the, in the Red Bulls all these years, and now moving to them, he's kind of been their their number one guy behind all their that's been driving all their engines. So there's there's a lot of that too. Okay, sure. So uh, so Daniel's gone, goes by way of Renault, has to learn some French. <laughs> Who's going to fill that spot? Do you think? Oh, now that is where it all gets interesting. And, and here's what I say plays in. Do you bring in somebody that has a great history that might can mentor Max? Or do you have somebody that will welcome the opportunity to follow Max? Uh, are you thinking Fernando Alonso? Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> yeah, which side of the coin does he fall on? And he, it, knowing that next year, here comes Honda again. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If Alonso, I mean, look, it's got to be tempting for him, right? Because look where it's just been miserable for these last few seasons. Since he came back, it's, I mean, came over to to McLaren, it's just been miserable, right? So the fact that he could go to a team that where he could very well, more than likely, will win a, win a race or two per season at a, at a minimum. Okay, but think of the budget. Yeah. You got that budget there. Who do you think would be a veteran championship-winning driver on a cheap budget. Best bang for the dollar. Who are you thinking? I'm thinking Mr. Hartley. He's Ah. fully capable of it. You know he's on a lower budget. I have not heard anybody say that one. I like that. I do like that. I mean, yes, folks, Brennan Hartley's a friend of the show many years now. But seriously, if I were shopping, Hartley is competitive. He's a veteran racer. Yep, budget wise, won a championship he's comfortable in WEC. on the wallet. Uh, just a likable guy. He doesn't have PR issues. Um, here's a guy that mature can bring to in the knowledge. Yeah, yeah, he he's mature, so he can deal with the young punk when he turns punk wise. And so, honestly, I could see Hartley going because most of his failures this year have not been him; they've been his equipment. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I've heard Gasly there, uh, probably not Carlos Sainz, although that's been mentioned to Toro Rosso. I mean, uh, I'm going to say Gasly's better than Sainz uh, to to solidify his spot. You know, to me, it'd be an easy move to pull Hartley up into RB1 team, keep Gasly there. Now, who's going to come into Toro Rosso? 
If we played down this scenario, who would you bring up? Um, that is a geez, that is a good question. Well, I've got your answer. Okay, okay, you got it all figured out. You got Lando all... Norris. <laughs> yep, I've heard that rumor actually. And think about the complexity of that. You've just kept all these guys in that come through the same development program, Red Bull, and and the junior team. You've got all those that already know the personality of the team. You've got all those that are welcome inside the garage. You know, if they weren't welcomed in the garage with the teams, they wouldn't be there. Right. This will be a minimal upset to the apple cart to bring Hartley up, have Lando step in place of Hartley, and run with it. You know, probably one of the most talked about to go to to Toro Rosso has been Tictum. Daniel Tictum. Remember, we had had him on the yep. show, yep. and he's done obviously great on the European won the European Formula Three and the championship, and he's been talked about going to Toro Rosso too. I, I think it's fine for a development driver. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get first seat in one of the cars. Yep, uh, it's true. But you know, look at look at Gasly. You, I mean, you just don't know how this is going to play out. True. But, uh, you know, I just got to say that that's that's my thoughts on the way the cards could fall and keep everything Red Bull, keep everything promoting from within, which Red Bull does like to do. Well, the one thing that is for sure that none of us know anything about what's going to happen. I thought we were back to for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, Richard, for sure. No, <laughs> because this is this with Daniel dropping this bomb, it throws everything off and we have no idea what's going to happen here. I mean. One of the things that's worried me is, I say worried me, uh, is that the Haas team, right? With you know, If you'd said this a year ago, you'd have said crazy that, that Grosjean was doing so well. But Grosjean's had such a, a really pretty miserable season. Yeah. Could he end up with no chair to sit in at the end of the season? Could very well. Could very well. You know, I as much as, you know, we've had him on and he's a nice guy and everything, I'm not sure how other teams view him. Yes, he's performed wonderfully before but but, but he's also he, done really some really bad stuff before too sure sure i don't know i i don't think we'll see grosjean go to red bull how's that yeah i think you're probably <laughs> right on that what about leclerc come up tomorrow too what about yeah put the money on it what about leclerc to haas in place of grosjean Ooh, <laughs> uh, I don't know that they'd want to go with two such young drivers. Yeah, that would be if you if you look at everything that Gene Haas and Guther Steiner have said, that is now all those all of those things they said about wanting mature drivers, develop the car, develop everything, develop the program, develop the team, all of that was said three years ago now. So you never know. Would they pass up the chance for the hottest driver and would he even go there you know so it, that's just i've heard that rumor as well uh, yeah, okay talking haas sergio perez to come in yeah i've heard that one sergio perez, we talked about it last week actually. exactly i really think sergio perez is an excellent candidate for haas uh, the american market and the mexican market are very closely related in formula one and so many of the car racing uh, I, I think we could you know, see him as uh, being on the home team. Yeah, and true. I think that would be easy to adopt uh, from a publicity standpoint, from a teamwork standpoint, but he's got talent. I mean, 
my gosh, we heard it five years ago when he was with us that uh, he's very mature. He's level-headed. You don't hear him spouting off much as, as you do often with others. And he brings money to the table. Ah, money. The... Uh... The, the grease that that's that greases the skids that makes and, the skids go away exactly yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it's going to be interesting man this is fun to see when ricardo did this yeah. what the, great 52 card pickup game going on so <laughs> yeah. we'll uh, we'll see where they go all right guys well let's go ahead and take a break and when we come back we're going to have really exciting interviews because jonathan was up in pittsburgh up there with the formula three formula four and trans am all all those races going on at the same time and uh, and we got some some great interviews, including some of the young drivers in Formula Three and Formula Four, and also Jay Howard. He is a Formula Four team owner and an IndyCar driver. So stick with us at Speed City Live in Austin. Back after these messages. The Austin East KOA Campground, just 15 minutes from Circuit of the Americas and downtown Austin, and just two minutes from the Travis County Expo Center and Central Texas Fishing at Decker Lake, featuring amenities for every style of camping, from tent sites to luxury RV pull-throughs and cabins, plus a pool, showers, and laundry. Nestled in tall oak trees on the edge of the hill country, all the pleasures of the Lone Star State await you at Austin East KOA. To make your reservation, visit austineastkoa.com. Have you ever wanted to be a race car driver? Well, you can at Dirtfish. Handle an all-wheel drive Subaru WRX STI or rear-wheel drive Subaru BRZ rally car at our 350-acre training facility. Learn how to control a car in any situation, on any surface, in any condition. Go fast, get sideways. Get your adrenaline fix by visiting dirtfish.com. Talk 1370. Hello, I'm Felipe Massa, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to Speed City. We went to the break. We were talking about the interviews that we've got out of Pittsburgh. What's the name of that racetrack? I have forgotten the name of it, but it's uh, it was the host this weekend to Trans Am, Formula 4, and the brand-new inaugural Formula 3. And, you know, the most interesting thing about all this is that the way that the FIA and Formula 1 are all structuring all of these these new series around the globe, actually. They call right. them regional, regional Formula 3, regional Formula 4. And so the United States has its Formula 4 series, which started last year, or was it the year before? So you got Formula 4, and then now this new ladder, Formula 3, which the way the cars are structured is they're, they're powered by the Honda Civic engine, the same exact engine. Right. The Formula 4 without the turbo, the Formula 3 with the turbo, so it goes exactly. from like 200 horsepower to like 275 horsepower. Steps up the, the – there's a little more aero in the Formula 3. In fact, a, a pretty significant amount of aero, so it becomes a um, – a car that if you're driving a Formula 3 car, you're actually now stepping up into an area where you're driving a car that is that is going to prep you 
for either IndyCar or in this case of what right. they're trying to do is go to Formula One or Formula It's basically two. the latter system, you know, for this series. And I think that's great. You know, the budgets that, you know, we've talked about going with those are much more reasonable for a developmental opportunity and they'll build up reliable at, at that. And so, uh, yeah, it's very cool. We'll see those coming around. We'll keep on chasing these guys. All right. Well, let's go ahead and go to this interview. And this is an interview that Jonathan did up in Pittsburgh uh, earlier today with uh, with Formula Four team owner and Indy 500 uh, driver Jay Howard. Let's hear that. Okay, Speed City fans, I am delighted. I'm here in Pittsburgh, and I knew there'd be some familiar faces around, and I've just come across an IndyCar driver, not only an IndyCar driver, but also Jay Howard running his own motorsports driver development program here in Formula 4. Jay, we talked about this at the Indy 500 and how excited you are to be part of this. Here we are in the reality, and you've got a bunch of cars out there. Um, you look to be really taken to this. Yeah, I love it. This is... Uh... This is something that I really, really enjoy. It's a very different look on things, you know, uh, from a race weekend. I am way more nervous <laughs> as an owner, you know, coaching and trying to mentor uh, these kids. It's tough because maybe it's like a control thing, you know, mm -hmm. because for me, racing, growing up all the years that I did it and, and still do it, it's just business as normal, helmet on. You go out, you go do your thing, and you just, you're in control, so to speak. Um, you turn these kids loose, you give them all the advice you can, and you just hope that they, you know, can execute. So, and I suppose it's frustrating because you can see them making the mistakes that you probably made when you were younger. Yeah. And you can try to rectify it, but you got to let them do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and no, they have to learn for themselves, and we try and help them. And, um, yeah, the nice thing nowadays with the cameras and all the data and all that, I like to call them the lie detectors. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they can't get away with anything, so it's, it's really good. Tell me about the program, because this is something that I know is warm to your heart, but also it's becoming a major, you know, I mean, we're, we're looking at uh, the tent right now, and you've got, what, four or five drivers out there? Yeah, five cars this weekend. We The official test, we had six cars. Um, yeah, I mean, like I say, this this series is really good for the guys and girls coming out of karting. And even if they have very little at karting experience, they just want to get into cars, this is a perfect place to go. Yeah, I've driven this Formula 4 car. It's got a really nice balance to it. It doesn't do anything violent, you know. Um, and it's got enough data, enough sensors on it for us to really educate them and get them working on the techniques that they need to learn which they will you know, the stuff we're teaching the kids at this level is the exact same things i would work on in indycar so it's mm. you know the exact same stuff uh so yeah we uh we love it i'm really passionate about it i love seeing the kids progress on and you know one of the cool things about the indy 500 this year was spencer piggott was a long time driver of mine and just really cool to be mm. racing against him. Yeah, you know? very cool. So, um, yeah, I love seeing these kids go on and have careers of their own. I'm also excited because, as a Brit, you know uh, getting super license or potential super license points to FIA championship, and that's something that America's waking up to now, is that it's a great option to have Indy, which is in-house, if you like, it's in America, but also to have the opportunity, and you've got a Danish driver here. Um, it's, it's another opportunity for these guys to work towards either working on the other side of the pond in Europe or staying here in Indy. 
Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it gives these kids an opportunity. You know, I think once you start going down the road to Indy, for example, when you start doing Pro Mazda and stuff, you're almost at that point where you've made the commitment, I'm going to IndyCar, that's the focus, that's the intention. Formula 4, you're, you're at the point of entry. You know, if you have ambitions of going to Europe, you can start here, get your points, get your license, start doing all that good stuff, dip your toes and go, yeah, this is definitely for us. We're all in. Now go to Europe and go from there. Or actually, I want to stay here. This is, you know, IndyCar or NASCAR or a sports car or whatever. That's my uh, my uh, place to be. So it is a very good and very uh, leave your options open okay. series and just really good, really good place for, for kids to start. Finally, Jake, give me a name. We're always looking for the next American hero to come in, like a Spencer Piggott, like an Alex Rossi, like a Jay Howard, uh, and go up the ranks and be there on the 500 grid. Um, but also, we're also looking for the next American in Formula One. And, and I'm always kind of keen when I see F3 and F4 together to see where the talent is. Have you spotted somebody that you think, that kid's going somewhere? Yes. Uh, <laughs> in terms of American drivers... Um it's a tough one. Kyle Kirkwood's very good. Yes. Coached him for a few years. Um, yeah, he's very good and doing a good job right now. So if he keeps things going the way they're going right now, you know, things are looking good for him. Um, yeah, I'm a little biased towards some of the drivers I have right mm-hmm. now, which um, a couple of them are not American. Danish kid, uh, Christian Rasmussen and Teddy Wilson, both doing a really, really good job. So, yeah, there's definitely the the bar has been raised mm. in the U.S. It continues to get harder and harder every year. Um, you know, I work harder and harder every day, knowing that we kind of got a target on our back, so to speak. You know, you win a race and definitely can't get complacent. Just keep working hard, and and I think that goes the same for all the drivers. You yeah. know, they just know the the level has got better. And, it's going to continue to do so. All right. Well, listen, great to talk to you. Thank you. Best luck. Uh, I'm, I, I hope you're not too worried on the sidelines there because, like you say, you don't you, you don't have that same thing. When you're in control, it's easy. When you're watching it, it's harder. Yeah, no, for sure. I'll be enjoying it, that's for sure. Thanks for talking to us, Jay Howard. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, obviously Jay Howard and involved in the F4 like that. It's great. And uh, being obviously any car driver as well. But, yeah, I mean, the way he is – uh, supporting this F4 series with the team, I think it's great, man. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I think it is. I mean, they recognize that, you know, it's it's this series could support somebody wanting to go Formula One. They could support them wanting to go IndyCar. It's, it's just a great series that's going to develop them as drivers, competitors, even even businessmen and drivers in the sport. So that's that's not an issue. This is a great thing. All right, well, we got another interview I want to play because, like we mentioned before, the F3 Americas Championship kicked off this weekend, and it kicked off with a familiar name winning the first race, and that is Kyle Kirkwood. And so let's go ahead and play this interview that Jonathan did with Kyle Kirkwood. Okay, Speed City fans, we, as always, are trying to break new ground, and we are broken new ground because we are at the inaugural F3 of Americas Championship powered by Honda Race here in Pittsburgh. And 
somewhat appropriately, the man who should win the race is right here, Kyle Kirkwood, who has obviously been waiting for this August venue to come round and this race to come round. Uh, it's been a long time coming, but uh, relieved that you were able to win the first ever race here. Definitely. You know, we, we only got the car on Sunday of last week, and um, we haven't been able to do a whole lot for, for setup. And uh, I think the team, Able Motorsports, uh, and I were able to put a very good car or baseline car together for this weekend. And um, we got the aero balance right. The, the car feels very well balanced, and uh, we have a very fast race car. And overall, the car has been, uh, has been great. It hasn't really shown any issues. Um, it's very sensitive to changes, which is great. And uh, there's not many downsides to it, I have to say. You've been racing outside of this because there's been nowhere to race because you've already run the F4 Championship. Not much point in doing that again. So you've been doing uh, Road to Indy stuff. How's that going? Uh, How's it gone? How different is that? Well, uh, it's it's much different. It's obviously ran with IndyCar, and um, so it's a much higher class that you're involved with. And the racing is actually very similar to as it is here in F4. Um, you have a lot of overseas drivers, a lot of drivers who have a lot of a lot of talent and veterans in that series. Um, the car is uh, is similar. It's similar to an F4 car. It's a couple seconds quicker, so I think it's a good transition from that into into the F3 car. If uh, if that's too big for you, I guess you could say. Um, but no, that that was kind of what I've done for the whole beginning of the season, and we were able to win that championship um, just this last weekend, actually. Mm-hmm. So four races before the end of the season, we were able to win the championship. We have 10 out of 12 wins in that, and there's only two more races left. So um, we were able to finish that off on a strong note and come down over here in the F3 car and start it off on a good note. So it's uh, our season's been a whirlwind of good news, I guess you could say. And um, no, I'm just, we're just going to keep, keep our head down, keep digging, and keep the same momentum that we have. Shortened year for the first inaugural F3 championship, but will you do the whole season now and try and win the, the first year? Yeah, you think so? I think so. But, um, you know, it's it's come down to a bit of budget for me, and uh, as it is for many professional drivers. So we're just going to figure it out as it goes, and hopefully I will be able to do the whole championship, yes. More importantly, will you be at the F1 race? Will you be racing, and will you be coming to see us in the commentary booth? That is something that um, I always dream of. So that's that's somewhere I really want to be. And that, uh, I wish I – I mean, announcing the F1 race with you was amazing last year. <laughs> so to be able to do it again um, would be crazy. I mean, I remember you were like, we just did one of the commercial breaks, and then you are like, well, I don't, I don't have my partner with me for the end of the race. And you are like, do you want to come jump in with me? I'm like, uh, like I've never done anything that big. So, so it, was, it was really cool, and I really thank you guys for that for putting me in that position and no i really hope i can come back and do that same exact thing again well you just keep concentrating on the racing there's plenty of time to commentate we'll be watching you and congratulations on winning the inaugural f3 of america's championship thank you so much i appreciate it yeah him commentating with us in the formula one yeah. last year at coda he was actually really really good he was great because he was that was when the controversial move by Verstappen. Yeah. You know where he cut the corner, extending the limits, extending the limits, right? And and uh, and Kirkwood called it. It was great. It was actually really, really good. Yeah, Kyle's you know very perceptive in that. Obviously, he's, he's got to be, but he can also put himself mentally in that spot. Would he cut to the inside? Yeah, uh, you know. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take our, our last break of the of the show. And when we come back, we got a world rallycross driver, Steve Arpin, is going to join us live. Really excited to talk to him because we got some rallycross. It's coming to Austin very soon. You listen to Speed City Live. Back after these messages. Come on, baby. Hey, beer people. It's Christine Sellis. And I'm Daytona. 
Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas does it ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. And the Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. Ducati Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Your next chance at $1,000 with a big cash bribe is tomorrow at 7.03 on Talk 1370. Hey, this is Red Rocker, Sammy Hagar. You are listening to Speed City. Woo! Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Thank you, Sammy Hagar. For bringing us back after the break. Oh, yeah. The Red Rocker. When he came to Austin to drive his Ferrari on Circuit of the Americas. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. He said he wants to come back. He does want to. Of course he wants to. Come hang out with us. Hey, speaking of Circuit of the Americas, we've got a gentleman on the phone who is going to be uh, joining us here at Circuit of the Americas. He's already been here. He's been here, but he's he's coming back next month. Welcome back to the show. Steve Arpin, we appreciate you coming on. I'm I'm kind of excited about driving that Ferrari you guys are talking about with Sammy Hagar coming up. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. Well, Steve, I don't know if we can get Sammy back, but we might can get a Ferrari back. But I don't advise it on the rallycross track. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee you, we can get it in the air. I that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hey, Dang Steve. it, I hope Ferrari's not listening right now. <laughs> yeah, we got that from the local Ferrari dealer. I don't think <laughs> I don't think it'd go for that. Uh, well, Steve, give everybody a little bit of background about yourself, because obviously uh, we're really excited about you guys coming back to Austin. But uh, but talk about your your history and, and racing and everything. Absolutely, I'm uh, honestly I'm the luckiest guy on earth. I'm a, I'm a young guy that there was always a race fan, raced as a hobby with my family growing up, and was fortunate enough to kind of turn it into an opportunity of a career. So been racing dirt cars all over the country growing up. Then I got the opportunity to go do the NASCAR thing for a while. I uh, actually won my first race at Texas Motor Speedway over in Fort Worth. So that's that was pretty cool. cool. Nice. And uh, ran with Dale Earnhardt Jr. and teammates with Danica and all that. Then back in 2013, got the opportunity to get on a plane and go over to Brazil and race in the X Games. And ever since then, I found a new home doing this rallycross stuff. It is so much fun. It's so cool. And to be able to get back to Circuit of the Americas with the new ARX series. We just finished up our event up here in Canada. My, my God. Uh, you, we lost you just a little bit. You said up in Canada, y'all had. How did you do up there? Well, it didn't go quite quite as planned. We we ended up we ended up making the final, so that was good. 
but we uh, we got a brand new car this year. Ken Balk and I teamed up, and we took the uh, we took the Ford Focus RSRX, and we're we're trying to redevelop the suspension and really get this thing tuned in. And we we didn't really have much luck in Texas. We were there the first time over at Coda. We were breaking breaking rear suspension. So this is pretty much our first race on it. Ken was Ken was up in third on the podium, and we ended up sixth. So. We're we're both in the final, and we're gonna we're gonna regroup, and we're coming back for a vengeance. So we're gonna we're, we're gonna kick these bugs' butts. It's they're winning too much right now. <laughs> so, folks, you know we, we've been introducing you to Rallycross and uh, some of the folks around it. Steve is a great guy to meet, but uh, you've heard us just mention Ken Block. It is that Ken Block. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> you know, that one. Yeah, that's the one you want to come in. It's a great series. But uh, tell us a little bit more about your team and uh, what plan changes you have going on to come back and finish up a little better. Absolutely. So we, we got an awesome team going on. We've been, running, we've been running for about three, four years now together. We're partnered up with Chip Ganassi for the first couple of years. And then we went off on our own with Lone Bro Motorsports. So awesome awesome group of people that's the best part about our program and it was we, we ran strong enough over the last couple of years to attract the likes of the likes of ken block and ford and partnered up with them this year to take over this project with the with the focuses so but yeah coming back to come back to austin we're going to do a lot of testing we have a little bit of a break now and we're uh we're, we're going to have the suspension dialed in we're going to be quick when we come back there and it, it's going to be such an exciting event. We've got Ludacris coming to play. It's going to be wild. Every single ticket that everyone buys, is it's an open paddock. We were, Ken and I were sitting there today at our trailer, and we had a we, we sat out in front of our trailer for hours signing autographs. Everyone was taking pictures and everything. So every single person that gets in gets the same amount of access, gets to walk right up to us drivers. I bet you I had 20, 25 kids sitting in my car after the races while we were trying to load it in the trailer. It was pretty cool. Huh. That is awesome. We'll, we'll talk about the new American Rallycross series because the way things shook up a little bit in the last year, I mean, it, it's really exciting to have a new series here and a, a little bit of a shortened season this year, but then a full season next year, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was definitely a big change in the offseason. There's some excitement for sure, to say the least. But for, for IMG to step up and, and form, create the, the ARX America's Rallycross, to run alongside and in, in, in conjunction with the WRX is an awesome opportunity for for the sport as a whole for on a, on a global global impact in my opinion and it's a it's a young market here in the states right now but this series it, it just takes the all the the best parts uh, of so many different disciplines and combines them into just a uh, an exciting fast paced action packed event. Uh, IMG, that's the, the the promoting company that owns the owns the series. They they own they own UFC. They're they're big time into Formula Drift, so they know how to put on an event. Obviously, they're running the World Rallycross that, that's going to be coming back to Austin when we're there at Coda in September. But it's such a cool format. We got we got short little high intensity bursts. These cars are the zero to sixty in one point six seconds. Like I or sorry, but one point eight seconds is exaggerated now. <laughs> But I, I bet you I would beat Sammy Hagar's Ferrari off the line. That's that promise I would beat his Ferrari off the line. It's, it's dirt corners, asphalt corners. We have jumps where it's a contact sport. These things are, we line up in a, in a straight line, five wide across, just like dirt bikes do, and barreled off into the first corner. It is just pure. We don't have time to, like, cruise around or anything like that because it's only five, six-lap races. And it, it's just 
pure intensity all the time. Like my heart is just pounding out of my chest. I'm sitting there waiting for those lights to go green. Well, it is the entertainment factor is through the roof. It's funny you talk about Formula Drift. It's kind of it reminds me of this, that, of that as well because it's it's short, it's intense, and really you don't have to know. There's not a bunch to to learn about the sport. You just go out and look at this and go, that is freaking look, cool to watch. You know, I think it was completely summed up: door slamming, dirt slinging, airborne <laughs> excitement. You got anything better than that, Steve? <laughs> When I was a little kid, I played with my little toy cars on my car mat, right? And I'm sliding them and jumping them and smashing and banging with the guys next to me. That's literally what I'm doing in real life for a job now. That's exactly what these cars are. It's intense. Like you said, it's like four-wheeler drift. It's just excitement. It's fast-paced. Everything's going on all the time. We do that, except contact is promoted. uh, (laughs) I would like to say it's organized chaos, but once that green flag goes, it's just pure and utter chaos. Hey, so let's talk about the cars. You talked about 0 to 60 in 1.8. I've heard everything uh, 1.8, 1.9, faster than in virtually anything. Uh, but what about the cars, like 600 horsepower? How close to production do they start with a production car and then gut it and, and roll cages? Or how do they how do they work? Absolutely. So every, everything's based off the factory unibody, and, and we just kind of build up from there. Um, obviously, the, the speeds are reaching everything. We've got a full homologated roll cage in these things. Um, but from that point forward, these things are, these things are such sophisticated little pieces of equipment. Um, uh, from a body standpoint, the entire body is carbon fiber. Some parts of the Kevlar mix, um, except for the roof and our driver's door for a safety factor. Um, the, the engines are the, the turbos and these things. We're running 45, 50 pounds of boosters. These things. Wow. We've got a full anti like yeah. system. Our, our turbos are spinning full song at about 155,000 RPM uh, all the time. So we go from the starting line. we got full turbo, full boost from the moment we let go of that clutch. And every corner we come out of, we have zero lag ever. They're, they're all-wheel drive. We can get these things absolutely dead sideways and drive away out of it. You're going to see tire smoke going. The, the, the excitement, it's sequential gearboxes, so it's, you're wide open, grabbing gears, going through the gears. It's uh, it's pretty intense. I've like I said, I've had black cars for a lot of things. I grew up in Canada, uh, raced snowmobiles and everything growing up. Dirt cars all across the country, modified late model sprint cars. Did the NASCAR stuff. Did all Dale Junior's Cup testing for a long time. Got to drive all sorts of stuff. And there is nothing that even remotely comes close to the thrill that you get sitting behind the wheel, sitting in the seat of one of these race cars. So everything between the flywheel and the tires is the most important part <laughs> important part of a rally car because you got to make the clutch work. you got to make the diff hold up. I'm thinking, okay, these cars, they got, what they weigh, about 2,000 pounds, I figure, maybe give or take a little bit. But if you can go 0 to 60 in one point anything, you got to put all that 600, power, 600 horsepower to the ground between with all the components not snapping in half. It's remarkable the amount of I was actually – I had a whole group of uh, sponsor guests with us today. We were walking through the trailer showing them home, and my engine tuner is in there, and he's working on his laptop. Uh, and, and the amount of stuff that's going on through the ignition system and everything in these cars to make them perform the way they do, one of the reasons why the races are so short is they're pushing these things to such an extreme level that, like these cars, they, they just they build so much heat because we're trying to get so much out of them that we just can't go long distances because we'll burn the things up. 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's really exciting to watch. Well, Steve Arpin, we really appreciate you coming on the show, and we want to point people to the uh, to the website, so worldrxusa.com. Oh, man, uh, you come on to, out. You can also go to circuitoftheamericas.com. Of course, the concert, Ludacris, is going to be out there. What is it, September 29th and 30th. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on, Steve, and excited to talk to you. And, of course, we'll look forward to seeing you here in Austin. Hey, I appreciate you guys. And once again, the, the, this type of racing is unlike anything else that I've ever done. Like every single ticket, it's open paddock. Come right up, walk right up to our cars, walk right up to all your favorite drivers. Some of the biggest names in the country are going to be there. Some of the biggest names in the world across worldwide are going to be there. You get to walk right up to them. You'll be walking through the pits. They'll be next to you. It's, it's an experience of a lifetime. You, you absolutely have to check it out. All right, Steve. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you coming on the show. We'll We'll talk to you when you get to Austin. Travel safe, buddy. All right. Well, he's right. The likes of Travis Pastrana. Yeah, man. You know, big names I mean, in this sport. You know, Travis Pastrana, I was talking to him. It was three days after he did those big jumps in Vegas, and he was still hyped on that, too. <laughs> yeah, that's I was, right. too. All right. Well, we want to apologize to Hannah Zells. We didn't get to play her interview, but we're going to put it out on our SoundCloud account. Really cool story. Young female in, uh, in the Formula Series racing in the American Formula 4 Series. I'm uh, really excited to talk to her. There's been some other females in Formula 3, man. We didn't get to talk about it, but there's some really interesting stuff, some some women racing, and I wanted to – I'm, I'm sorry we didn't get we didn't get that on, but uh, but check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, and look for the links to SoundCloud and all of our other assets. And, of course, look for us every Formula 1 weekend. We do a pre- and post-race show live. So check that out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. We will talk to you next week. Travel safe, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.